0: I have the privilege of uh, leading Sunday school this morning, and uh, I want to thank you guys for the opportunity to uh, to teach. I haven't had a chance to do this for a while, and uh, it'll be kind of fun. Um, the Ninth Commandment is what we're going to dig into today, and I will tell you, um, and, and I, I know everybody that teaches, and many of you in here have taught, uh, you do a lot of preparation, and you know I, I've heard some of the other folks up here say, well, you know, do not lie. Okay, let's go home, right? And uh, they say, you know, do not murder, do not whatever. But then you start digging into it, you start reading the different authors, you start going back and reading the uh, larger catechism, shorter catechism, things like that, and you're like, man, it's a lot deeper than that. So in, in the same vein of what we've gone through the last uh, eight weeks, so this will be the ninth week of this one, uh, I would like to uh, dig into the ninth commandment, and talk to you a little bit about that. So it's real simple, right? Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. So it's a simple commandment, uh, like a lot of simple commandments. This was in the context of how we treat our neighbor. Uh, 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 Kevin DeYoung, one of the authors that you see I give credit to down here, actually had something I thought was pretty funny to kind of put this in the context of the of the second part of the commandments where we're talking about you know working with our neighbors. It's basically saying, you, you know, don't, don't take their uh, their life, their wife, their stuff, and today we're going to say don't take their reputation. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about the reputation. So what we're going to do is I want to start off with a couple of funny pictures here. Um, let me advance this guy one. And I, I want you to look at this a little bit because I, and it is simple for us as kids to say do not lie. Okay, and then we, when we get a little older, we can talk about, you know, false witness and the context of a courtroom and things like that. But if we just talk about, you know, uh, do not lie, we're kind of missing half the story. And these are just some funny things that I found on the internet that I thought would be fun to share this morning. And the one that I like in the bottom left hand, uh, bottom right hand corner, uh, I guess uh, for you guys, bottom left hand corner for me, is uh, this half truth plus half truth doesn't equal uh, one, doesn't equal the truth, right? It's a lie. And uh, that's an interesting thing because in our postmodern society, you know, one of the things that's been pounded into all of us, and especially those that are younger in the room, is uh, the fact that there is no universal truth. There is no real truth out there. And the ninth commandment flies directly in the face of that. You know, God is a God of truth. And we're going to talk through a couple of scriptures and things like that that say that. But if there's one thing that I want you to take away from today, and one action that I'll ask you to put in your pocket and take out when you go out in the world this week, is uh, be a beacon for truth, because we are the image bearers of God, right? And uh, God is a God of truth, and we need to be people of truth. So as we go through today's lesson, I want you to think about how can we apply this truth of the ninth commandment into our lives. So we're going to go through the normal things of what does it prohibit, and what does it you know tell you to do, and all that kind of good stuff. And there's probably going to be a couple of things in here that are going to tickle you. Uh, I know there were for me. I mean, there are some things I was like, well, you know, I really don't lie that much. I mean, all of us do from time to time. But I found a couple of things where maybe I wasn't attributing to people right. Or maybe I was uh, cutting somebody down, especially when you get into a political discussion and you talk about, well, that person's crazy or, you know, whatever. Those are all uh, prohibitions in the ninth commandment that we're going to dig into this morning. So uh, anyway, I, I just thought this was funny because of the different, the different pictures here. Because everything we have in life, and especially in our society today, it's not an outright lie. It's usually some kind of a twist or, or a partial lie. So, you know, you got one of my favorite things. This was back, uh, I think, the Tesla. And I'm a car guy, so I should know this. But the Tesla came out in uh, 2012 or 2013. It seems like a lot longer ago than that. And I was at the airport one day, and I tried to find that picture last night, and I didn't find it, but uh, I've got a picture somewhere in my uh, laptop of a picture I took at the RDU while I was walking into the terminal, and there was a nice white Tesla, you know, when they first came out, you know, it was really cool to see a Tesla, right? And on the back of the Tesla, it had a license tag, and on that license tag, it said cold fired. (laughs) So here's this, you know, green car, you know, basically being charged up by the cold power plants that are all around Raleigh, right? So I thought that was kind of funny. That's why I picked that one. And then the other sin that I think you're going to be convicted of is the one with the shark and the goldfish there is so typical of how we live our lives, especially on social media, where we put a mask on of what we want people to see, right? And the goldfish put a mask on because, you know, he wants to be like a shark and he wants people to be scared of him. And the, the shark put a mask on because, you know, he wants to look like the sheep you know, uh, and, uh, you know, try to get somebody something to eat, right? So, so anyway, so that's good. And if only it was so easy as to see somebody's nose come out when they were lying, right? Uh, that was, uh, I think it was uh, Jen Wilkin in some of her write-up was talking about the fact that wouldn't it be great if uh, Pinocchio was really true and when we said something, our nose would grow, and then when we said something true, maybe it would shrink back and we would, uh, you know, be able to see what was going on at any given time. But uh, anyway, so that's where we're going to go with today's lesson. Uh, this is it for the, for the graphics. So those of you that like graphics, you know, just digest this chart. We're going to move into more boring PowerPoint charts now, okay? Um, so let's dig into uh, the, uh, the first one here, and let's talk a little bit about what the commandment is. So first is, it is in the context of a courtroom. So if you think about most of the commandments, when we look at the commandment, like let's take murder, for example. When we look at murder, thou shalt not murder, there's probably none of us in that in the room that have actually physically murdered somebody with their hands or a gun or something like that. I hope not, anyway. Um, but we all murder people in our heart. And the same context here with uh, "do not bear fault witness." One of the worst things you could do back in the uh, uh, time that this was written, back in the time of the Israelites and, and the you know um, Israelites forming in the desert, was there was no you know DNA. There was no um, you know, videotape and things like that that could tell you whether or not somebody stole something or whether somebody did commit that murder or what happened. So they did it on witnesses. So the worst thing that you could do to your neighbor was to bear fault witness against them in front of a court because that might throw them in jail for the rest of their life or it might uh, cause them death and things like that. We have plenty of stories in the Bible, uh, whether it be Christ or the apostles or, or some of the prophets and things like that, where people bore fault witness against them and they got killed or they got stoned or they got thrown in jail, or whatever happened to him, and uh, so again, in keeping with this, that's kind of the worst thing, but we've got um, a lot of smaller things that kind of lead us up that, you know, sins of the, of the heart that are not not quite as dramatic from a, uh, from a personal standpoint, but ever much as sinful. So let's start off with uh, Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to read that uh, here real quick, and you'll remember the story. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field uh, that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, uh, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, and this is the lie, neither shall you touch it, okay, uh, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die, another lie, but God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So I, I simply said here that the devil is the father of lies, and, and it starts right at the very beginning of the Bible. But this also starts to unpack really where uh, you know, we need to convict ourselves in this room is that it's not the outright lies that really get us. It's usually the lies that are maybe 90 or 95% true, and then there's 5% that's a lie. That's still a lie. And that's why I had that graphic up there that a half-truth to the half-truth is still a lie, right? It doesn't add up to uh, the truth. But but if you think about it, that's where we get caught. And I think especially in this age, uh, whether it be social media, or whether it be maybe news reports, or whether it be even us talking to each other as Christians, um, the ability sometimes for us to miss part of the story or not know everything, even with good intentions, you know, we end up maybe misrepresenting something that, uh, you know, we don't know either by commission or omission. And that's something where when in a world where truth is so, so hard to come by, uh, we've got to be just extra vigilant about making sure that we have all of our eyes and our, our, our eyes dotted, our T's crossed before we move ahead. So that's that one. Um, the next one is uh, we talk about love your neighbor as yourself because you know when, when Christ obviously talked about you know how's the law summed up etc. This falls under the love your neighbor, and uh, if we really think about it, a person's reputation is is really what they have. You know you can you can remake money, you can remake a lot of things, but it's really really tough to remake your reputation. So uh, a lot of the authors that I read this week, as I was preparing for this, talked about the fact that a reputation is extremely hard to get back, which we all know that personally. But it's also something that um, that uh, we can so easily steal, right, and take away. So anyway, so just again, moving on, um, you can see, you know, telling the truth. I talked about that earlier because it's the very nature of God. Um, I thought this was kind of an interesting one uh, that came up. The Word became flesh, and His image bears our words matter. And let me just read a little bit uh, in uh, John one there. And uh, if, I, if I read John 1, 1 through 5, and then I'll skip down to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him uh, not anything was made. In him was life, and the life and the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. And then skipping down to 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the point that I wanted to make here is that God's word is his word. It's his truth, right? It's the ultimate truth. There is an ultimate truth in the world, regardless of what a lot of you know, post-millennial teaching will, will, will tell you. But there is truth, and we have to stand by that, that universal truth that is the word of God. It is God's word. And that's why, as image bearers of God, we also have to likewise you know, be very careful with our words and make sure that our words are true. So sometimes that does mean that we need to be quiet and learn the whole story before we comment on anything. Um, sometimes it is when we see something going wrong and we do know the truth, we need to speak up. So we're going to talk through all those things in a little bit. Um, and then the last one there, um, I want to read Matthew 12. And uh, again, this is one that will uh, you know, resonate and speaks for itself. Uh, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of an abundance of the heart speaks the mouth. The good person out of his good treasures brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. And if that doesn't call us to get on our knees and pray for God's grace, it doesn't, because, I mean, all of us are extremely guilty. And again, it can be those small things, or it can be those huge things. So this is just, again, the background that I wanted to share with you a little bit of just some of the uh, spectrum of, uh, of what I found uh, as I was studying this week. Let me move on. Um, The Westminster uh, Larger uh, Catechism, I'm just going to give you guys a minute, uh, and some of you probably can read it a little bit better than others, uh, but if you want to look up there, I'm not going to read this because it goes on for a little bit, and you see I didn't even put it all up there because it would just be a complete eye chart. But the Westminster Confession is a great resource, and we're going to talk about many of these things practically as we get later in the lesson, but it's a great resource of what is required and what is prohibited. Uh, so it talks about the commandment, it talks about you know, the prohibitions and the requirements. And it goes through, and it's a great study for you individually as you go through the week and you're looking for something to study. Uh, just pick a commandment, you, know, go out, you can go out to the PCA website or you can find it many places on the internet and just bring it up and you can look through some of the scripture proofs. I like the one on the PCA website because the scripture proofs, that you don't actually have to look them up, they're actually written in the bottom of the page, so it's really really handy while you're studying there. But uh, this is always, uh, again, just uh, kind of a, a basis of, uh, of, the, uh, of the lesson here. Now, let's start to get into a little bit of the, uh, the practical elements um, of the lesson and where we go. Now, uh, many of the women in here that have been going through the women's Bible study, I know that you guys have read and studied uh, Jen Wilkin and a lot of her work. Uh, this actually, I'd, I'd heard Angie talk about some of this, but this is the first time that I'd actually... Uh, personally read something that she wrote and I was really impressed. So any of you that uh, are guys in the room or even ladies that haven't been participating in the Bible study, you might want to go out and look up some of her stuff. I thought it was very well grounded. And she has these uh, four habits of untruthful speech. So it's kind of an interesting way of saying it. But basically what she's saying, these are four areas that we can fall into the sin with the ninth commandment. Okay, so what she's doing is she's talking about, you know, what is the sin and then how do we overcome it? So let's talk through each of these. So the first one is the sin of reviling. Now I, I went out and grabbed the definition for each of these at the first part before I get into some of the things that she said. And revile is a word that you, you know, we we hear, but I, I had I, honestly I kind of thought I knew the definition, but I went and looked it up just to make sure I was on, on solid ground. To criticize in an abusive or angrily insulting manner, misrepresent truth by tearing someone down. Now um, that probably would convict every one of us in the room, and I hope that it does because this was one that I started thinking about. Now let me just use myself as an example. I'm not going to call them names in here, but um, there's probably, if it's not one time a day, it's probably a couple times a day where I'll, I'll see something, you know, come across my news feed, and I'll see those crazy people there. They did it again. Okay. Or, or I, I can't believe they did that. Or I can't believe they did it, and I complain about it, right? And things like that. And I, I don't do it necessarily out of hate for that person, but just the fact that I'm saying that and doing that, I, I'm breaking this commandment. And uh, I, I, I usually am watching news feeds. I know some people are more participative in social media, so you know you might read something and you might comment on something. You might say, you see this, and it's like, oh, that's really stupid, and you you know post that or whatever. And uh, I would just ask you, as you think through this, this is the one that probably convicted me the most. This one and the one about silence um, convicted me the most. If we were to find the good in things and and post those or push those out, because I'm not saying don't participate in social media. We are in the age that we're in. But if we can use it for a power of good and show people the difference, you know, a lot of times um, we talk uh, about being Christians and we want to live a life as an example so that when people see us in the way we live our life, they'll say, what's different about you? And then you have an opportunity to share with them your faith. And I'm sure many of us in this room, if not all of us, have had the opportunity that people have come up and said, what's different? Okay. You know, why did you not cuss when that happened? Or, you know, why did you not get so upset or? Or why do you not take advantage of this, that, or another thing at work or the school or whatever? You know, why did you not cheat? And and you say because you know I believe in an ultimate truth, a higher power, and you start explaining what that is. But a lot of times in our casual uh, talk, where we are on social media, or we're chatting with a friend, or we're chatting with our our spouse or our 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 best mate or something like that, um, we we forget that right. We we drop that down, and just as we were reading in Matthew about we're going to be judged by our words, um, so many times, you know, we, we slip up in this area. And if you, uh, so you can read some of the words up there, and if anybody would like a copy of this as, uh, you know, uh, email it to you, I'd be happy to. But let me read uh, 1 Peter 2 there because, again, we have talked a little bit about the negative, but let's talk a little bit about the, uh, about the positive here. So first, uh, 1 Peter 2, I'll read both the passages there. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Okay, so that's pretty straightforward, right? Uh, And then skipping down to uh, 22. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. And if you think about that, right, I mean, we're commanded not to act this way. And we have a wonderful example of Christ when he came and lived among us and suffered much worse than any of us probably will have to suffer. Um, and, and he didn't, right? He didn't talk back. He didn't talk bad. You know, he didn't, you know, to tell his disciples, you know, you know, these Pharisees, you know, they're really corrupt people that real da, 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 da and you know and and talk them you know talk down to them right I mean he corrected people we're gonna talk about speaking truth here in a little bit but um, you know he did he didn't talk bad right he, he pointed things out when truth was there but anyway it's a perfect example okay now so if 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 reviling is one of being bad and trying to tear somebody down by by talking ugly then flattery which this was a this was a new one to me I, I I'll tell you that flattery is not something Maybe I should give more flattery. <laughs> and again, good flattery, not, <laughs> but anyway, but I, this is not necessarily my problem, but others might have this problem. Um, but uh, anyway, um, this one was pretty interesting to me because flattery was uh, basically tearing somebody down by telling them how good they are. Okay? And I mean, if you kind of read what it is excessive and insincere praise, given especially to further one's own interest, misrepresents truth by building um, someone up for dishonest gain. Okay, now, I mean, I've done this before. We've all done this before. But like, like I said, I, I fall into number one a lot more than I fall into number two. Some of you might be just the opposite, but uh, we all sin, right? But uh, anyway, but this one was a little bit convicting to me just because of the fact that it was interesting that it's, it's just the opposite, but it's the same thing. At the end of the day, you're tearing somebody down. Now, the interesting thing on this one, I thought, was if you look kind of down through the middle there, you can set it seems harmless uh, but it can actually be a harder to diagnose because, again, if you and, and, and I've been the recipient of this before. And uh, some of you that have managed people or, uh, you know, even maybe some of the, the pastors or other teachers here in the room, people come up and say, oh, you know, that was so great. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they're to kind of building up this pride. Um, you can tear the person down because you're building pride up in them. That's a sin. Or, you know, you can be basically tearing them down because you're kind of building them up to try to get something. You know, think about it at work, right? Um, you know, I, I was a, a sales manager at IBM for many, many years, and employees would come and, oh, Steve, that was great, and it's perfect, and all of a sudden, you know, at the end of, you know, 10 minutes of telling me how great this was that I just did, they say, oh, you know what? Um, could you help me on this commissions issue that I have, you know? So I, I get all this flattery, and people are being nice to me, and then they're asking me for money. And basically is what it is, right? And uh, and we see this in politics a lot, right? Politics is a perfect example of this. Um, and, and again, I, I think it's something we do, but I thought that was a very interesting twist that Jen had on this particular one. Let me read those two passages because, I, again, uh, the Bible speaks to this as it does on, on so many things in our lives. First, the uh, The Proverbs passage. Uh, Whoever hates, uh, whoever hates, disguises himself with the lips and harbors deceit in his heart. Okay, so it's somebody who really hates. When he speaks graciously, okay, flattery, when he speaks graciously, believe him not. For there are seven abominations of the heart. Through this hatred, be covered with deception. His wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and a stone will come back on him who starts it rolling. A lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Uh, You gotta love proverbs. I mean, it's just it's so direct, but such great wisdom. And then uh, let's skip down to uh, to Mark here. And they came to him and said, "Teacher." Okay, again, this is and this happens a number of times um, in the Gospels. Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. And then their big question, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then he goes on, you know, you rest the story. But, but, you know, you look, at, you look at these examples, and again, there's lots of examples where the Pharisees tried to trap Jesus like that with flattery, right? They're trying to kind of build him up. And if he was another Pharisee, he might have fallen for it nine times out of ten. A lot of us would fall for it. So that's why this sin is just as deadly uh, as the sin of hate. Usually when somebody comes at you with full force, you know, you can kind of put up the wall, and if you've got enough thick skin or, you know, you can turn your hearing aids down a little bit, right? It's okay. <laughs> but if somebody you know, is praising you, kind of like, oh, I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're stuck nonetheless, right? Okay, so you guys get the idea. Um, but uh, anyway, um, let's, let's move ahead. Uh, there's, there's two more in this section that I want to dig into. So the sin of silence. Now, this is one that I, I really, um, I don't think I'll spend any more time on it, the other ones, but I, I really want you to take this one and, and take it to heart. And this is one that I would ask you as you live differently this week, having hopefully learned one or two things out of this Sunday school class. Um, I want you to think about speaking up, okay? Now, the Bible in many places talks about the wisdom of silence. And, you know, there's all kinds of places in Proverbs where it says, you know, uh, you know keep your mouth shut and you seem like a wise person. Open your mouth and you prove that you're a fool. You know, but, you know that, I'm paraphrasing, but you kind of get the idea. That's a lot of places in the Bible. Okay. So the Bible does tell us that it's usually good to keep our mouth shut, okay? But sometimes it's not good to keep our mouth shut. If the spirit has convicted us, you know, when you and 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 I want to be careful because of just the the climate that we're in right now with social justice and and all that kind of stuff. Christians need to bring truth and justice more than any other people, okay? And I'm just say that Christians need to bring truth and justice to this world more than any other people. But we need to stand on the word of God for what that truth and justice is, okay? Now, if we don't know what we're talking about, we need to keep our mouth shut. But if we have learned and can been convicted by the word of God, we've been convicted by the Spirit, and many of us have had this feeling where the Spirit lays something on our heart that we need to say to somebody, and then we don't say it, that's a sin. So that's the sin we're talking about here. So I want to encourage each of you today because this one was very convicting to me as well. Now, most of the time I don't have a problem speaking up, but you know, being that I just left the corporate world a year ago, I was very well trained to keep my mouth shut and not say stuff when I knew it was absolutely wrong. Now, I might, you know, to one of my buddies or you know, in a small group of people I trusted, you know, I might say well, you know, that's, that's really wrong. You know, we shouldn't do that as a corporation, or this is not right, or, you know, whatever. But, you know, did I get on a platform? Eh, maybe a couple of things I did over my career, but a lot of things I didn't. And how many of us, when we somebody going off the rails, a, another Christian brother or sister, maybe on social media or something like that, um, you know, I don't mean post, you know, you're a liar or that's not right or whatever, but you know, go to that person. Think about you know the Matthew passage of how we approach somebody when we got a we got a grievance with them. Go to them and say, you know, you might want to take that post down. You know, think about what you said. How is that in the context and stuff like that? And I really, if there's one thing, like I said, I'd like for you to take out of this class this morning is when the Spirit, you are training yourself with the Word of God with prayer, and you've got to trust that the Spirit is going to lay things on your heart. When the Spirit lays things on your heart. I want you to go out there and do that because we have to be the image bearers of God. We have to be, even though imperfect, you know, as much we can truth and light uh, into this world, right? So I, I really would ask you to think about that. And I think, you know, whether it's our speech, you know, we're going to get into gossip here a little bit later in one of the other sections, but um, you know, whether it's whether it's gossip on social media or gossip, you know, talking across a table or whatever, these are all areas when silence is not the right thing to do. So uh, anyway, um, I would like to, uh, you know, Ecclesiastes, you know, there's a time, you know, there's time for everything. There's a time to be quiet. There's a time to speak. So that's the Ecclesiastes passage. And then James uh, 4.17, let me read that because that's that's a good one too. Um, so whoever knows what is right and fails to do it, for him is sin. And and that's really uh, what I want you to take away. Um, and uh, I just, like I said, you know, be courageous this week, uh, speak up, and, and that does. Now, the the last one is, uh, a lot of us would think about this last one as plagiarism, okay? Uh, so misattribution. So in other words, taking credit for somebody else's work. Um, and and I, I thought, is it in there? Uh, yeah, glory hoarding. I thought that was an excellent, uh, that was actually directly quote out of, uh, out of Jen's material. I, I thought that was wonderful. I love that idea of, uh, well, it's not, good and that it's a good thing to do, but I, I like the picture of it, I guess the word picture of glory hoarding. You know, Whatever we're doing to try to make ourselves look better. Now, there's a lot of ways that we can do that, right? I mean, I, I had some good material to help me with this lesson, and one of the reasons that I put the names of the people on the front page of the PowerPoint is, is because I was like, I was convicted by this a little bit, okay? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I can share with you guys a, a few things, but, uh, you know, and there are some of my original thoughts in here, but there's lots of thoughts that I borrowed from these other people that I, that I gave credit to at the very beginning. But, uh, but just think about every day in your life how you might do that. Um, you know, how many times... Um, like I'll give you an example at, uh, at our farm, and, and many of you have been up to our farm. Uh, most of you know, some of you know more than others, Angie loves to do the yard work up there. She mows the grass and, you know, does a lot of things, and, and uh, I, I, I help out, but I'd say she probably does 75% of it, okay? And uh, people come up and they say, oh, this is beautiful, it's so nicely manicured and stuff like that, and I just say thank you you know <laughs> So okay so what what did i do what did i do that was a sin of misattribution right okay but but we've all done that right now Sometimes I remember, oh, yeah, yeah, Angie, yeah, it does look nice. And, and, and I usually try to be good to tell Angie the yard looks beautiful, you know, it really looks nice, you mowed it today, and stuff like that. But, but, but how many of us do things like that? Okay, so you, you get the idea. Um, and uh, the passage there, I, I won't read it because it's a long passage, but 2 Samuel uh, 12, 13, uh, it's basically, when we do this, we need to own it. So this is the story of where uh, David uh, sinned with Bathsheba. Uh, and they had the child, and, and uh, you know, he's convicted of his sin, he's coming forward, and he actually owns it. And, and this particular verse is where um, he's, uh, he's basically saying, you know, I've sinned, and he takes complete ownership. So we're all going to do this, but when we do it, um, it's always good to go back to the person and you know, basically say what we did and, and ask for forgiveness. It's appropriate. Sometimes I know that's not appropriate. Uh, but it's just good to confess it, right? Um, but, but I thought this was an interesting one. Uh, but like I said, the, the two, the, two the, the one about silence and the, uh, the one about reviling are the ones that I'll be personally that convicted me the most. Okay, so this was, this was Jen's. Um, if you go out and read Jen's writing, it's really, really good. I, I would commend it to you. Um, and she uh, I, has done a whole thing on the Ten Commandments. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I really enjoyed working with her material for the ninth one here. Now, Uh, The next one is going to be some of the things that, uh, Kevin DeYoung had a real long article as well about the Ninth Commandment, and I read through that, and many of you know that a lot of this uh, more recent, I'll call current events stuff that we've been talking about as a church, uh, Kevin DeYoung has informed us as a session, and we've shared a lot of that uh, with each of you as as members. You know, The paper that we did a number of weeks ago had a, a bunch of Kevin DeYoung stuff in it, so I really appreciate what he has to say. And this was no no different in what he had to say about the Ninth Commandment. And you'll see some of the things up here as you read it behind my head that are on the same lines as what Jen was saying, right? I mean, it, it's still the Ninth Commandment. It's still the same commandment. But he had a couple of things that that I thought were really good. And we're going to get into some of the positive aspects of what you can do. But I, right now, I'm still trying to convict your heart a little bit, okay, if you haven't been convicted yet. Uh, so the, the false testimony and all that's pretty uh, pretty straightforward. Um, twisting words, right? A lot of times we call it spin, and everybody remembers. Uh, some of you in here watched, you know, Bill O'Reilly. Always thought he was kind of funny, but you know, he had the no-spin zone, right? So theoretically, they, they weren't spinning the news, right? I'm sure it got spun too, but uh, anyway, that's my sarcastic side. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, but but you know, so many times it's like the devil in the Garden of Eden, and it's like Eve when she's repeating God's law back to the devil. You twist it a little bit, right? And it's the things where it's 99% or 98% or 90% truth, and that one little bit that's false makes the whole thing false, okay? And that is what's so, so hard for us as Christians. I don't think, you know, there's no more lies. I mean, Satan has been the father of lies since the very beginning, right? We just talked about that in Genesis. But um, So I don't think there's any more lies in the world you know, than there ever were. But it sure seems like we get bombarded with them uh, a lot more and a lot quicker. And what we don't have is we don't seem to have as much of a bedrock of truth around us. And that's, again, when, at the very beginning, I'm going to repeat it again here, too, is uh, I want you to go out of here and I want you to pray and to read and to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to be a beacon for truth you know, in the world. And again, You've got to look for those spots where where we can assert ourselves because you don't want to be somebody that falls into a sin because you don't have the whole truth. So you've got to be convicted of, of it by the Spirit, by the Word, by prayer. But when you do it, it's very powerful. Um, the next one, gossip. Now, gossip is one that a lot of us think of that as a, an old sin. you know. And I, I know when I think of gossip, I have this picture in my mind of... Uh, you know some uh, you know quilting bee and you know folks sitting around and they're talking about you know what happened in town. and you know some of you that uh, maybe read the Scarlet Letter and you can think of you know the old New England and everybody's sitting around talking about who did what to who and all that kind of stuff. okay. so those are those juicy little bits and and a lot of those juicy little bits like that are are kind of interesting. and we think about, okay, well, gossip is something that used to happen. It doesn't happen as much, but man, it happens as much or more than anybody else, right? Because as soon as we hear some little piece of information, And a lot of times, gossip is true. Okay, Um, it's true. You know, Uh, somebody did actually do something that was bad. But do you really need to spread that around to you know want another person, another hundred people, another thousand person? You know, think about. um, I'm sure many of you have seen these statistics, and and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but uh, I think Twitter had a thing that basically said if there's something bad, it gets retweeted a thousand times. When the retraction comes out. That say, hey, that wasn't quite right. It gets repeated, you know, ten times or something. I mean, it was a factor of a hundred between you know people passing along bad and then people passing along what was actually what actually was the truth or what was good. Okay, and I, I would just ask us, not that I want us, any of us to go out and be the quote-unquote fact checkers for Twitter or anything like that, but you know, when you do your social media and things like that, the things that we can uh, pass along that are that are truthful, that are uplifting, that are that are valuable. For edifying people, and, and you can see, you know, some of the things up there. Again, you can read that faster than I can. But let me let me read uh, the Proverbs uh, eight passage, um, and I'm going to do. Uh, i mean sorry, eighteen. I'm going to read six through eight, uh, and this this again uh, we talked about earlier, but uh, puts it in context really well. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. Okay, now. You can think about that, and that's, that's pretty darn, we ought to probably memorize that. <laughs> we usually don't go, I usually don't walk into a bar on Friday night and say something stupid to a bunch of rednecks. <laughs> I can't get my mouth you know, beat in. But, but we probably all do this to a certain extent in our social media, right? Um, and, and we can be extremely guilty of that. Okay, let's move on. Um, verse seven, a fool's mouth is his ruin. And his lips are a snare to his soul. So not only are we hurting the people that are around us, but we're also hurting ourselves. And and just think about it. Uh, it's with any sin. And I mean, this sin of bearing fault with us is no different than any of the other sins we've talked about in the Ten Commandments. But you know, if you are repetitive and you do these sins a lot, it, it ruins your quiet time. It ruins your relationship with God. Um you know, again, uh, again, I'll just pick on myself. I, I know that, uh, and it again might not be, you know, if I shared details with you, it wouldn't necessarily be an egregious sin. But I'll dwell on something that I uh, that I shouldn't, and you know, I, I look up. You know, two weeks later, I really hadn't read the Bible, hadn't prayed other than thanking God for my meal, and you know, blah 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 blah. And, you know, my soul's kind of, it hadn't withered up and died because, you know, my, my salvation is not on me. My salvation is held by Jesus Christ, thank the Lord. Um, but it doesn't mean that I can't, you know, get kind of sickly, right? And this is a perfect area of, of where that can happen. And then the last verse of uh, that Proverbs passage, um, the words, this, and this is where the gossip really comes in, the words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. And you think about that. Who doesn't like, you know, like a little secret, you know, that, oh, I'm only going to tell you. You know, this is just for you. And then, you know, it goes out 100,000 times. But uh, anyway, but I thought that was great. Um, You know, slander, we've talked about already. Uh, Kevin, you know, digs into that a little bit more. Uh, so again, you can read the words there. Uh, no jumping to conclusions. This is one that uh, again uh, convicted me uh, personally, because uh, you know, I mean, all of us, especially in the PCA, we think of ourselves as fairly studied people. Um, we try to stay up on events and try to, you know, be informed with the latest theological thinking and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of us do. I know some maybe more or less, but uh, but anyway. But generally speaking, we try to be up on stuff like that. And, and we kind of feel that we know. So you, when you see something, you know, you, 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 you call a heart a heart or you call a spade a spade or you call a diamond a diamond or, you know, whatever, right? You, you call it as you see it because you have got this foundation that you think you can call it. And, and we jump to conclusions. Well, the Bible talks a lot of places, and I, I, just in the interest of time, I'm not going to go into that right now, but uh, it talks about uh, jumping to judgment, you know, and let the just judge... Let God be the judge, right? So that's what it's talking about there. And then uh, the silent piece we already talked about. So let me move ahead. Okay, now, I'm going to move into um, a little bit more of uh, practical applications and then uh, a little bit of a conclusion here as we uh, wrap up in the next about six or seven minutes. So first thing is is I, I really want each of you to stand up for truth and ensure there's honesty in your words, okay? Silence can be a sin, but speaking up when you haven't investigated and you haven't ensured that you have truth is a sin as well. So there is a balance there that you've got to pray for wisdom uh, every day to know how to find that balance point. And the best thing I can tell you for if you are in prayer and you're in the Word and, and you're studying and, and you're trying, the Spirit is going to lead you and, and to when you should speak up. Uh, take responsibility even when it hurts. Uplift your neighbor do not stay silent. You know, speak the truth against sin. And I do want to read that Ephesians uh, 4.15 passage here. It says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, and that is to Christ. Okay. So speak the truth in love. And that a lot of times is a hard thing to do. Um, you know, do not look for the bad, but spread the good. Uh, speak truthful, encouraging, life-giving words. And then, uh, and then, really, like I said, I, I think, and again, if we could set this example where, where we as a church, uh, people know we're Christians by the way, not by the fact that we put Christian words on our social media and things like that. I mean, you know, that's great, and, and I don't have a problem with that at all. But if we truly were a witness by the way we acted, in other words, if there, there's no Christian words on our social media at all, but people saw how you interacted with other people on social media, people would ask you, why are you different? You know? um, and I could joke a little bit. You know, why do you show the bad pictures of your family and the good pictures of your family? You know? Or why do you do this or that? I mean, you think about all that. There's, this could go down a whole rat trail of a couple hours, but um, I would ask you to think about that a lot. Um, now, let's, let's wrap up here. I have a couple of scriptures that I want to share and uh, um, just go back to where we said. So this first one is about the, uh, the tongue as a fire and setting the world on fire. So James chapter 3, 6 through 8 here. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire itself by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being, can tang the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And, I mean, that in itself, I mean, we know that's the truth. But just take that in and reflect on that a little bit um, and just to make sure that we're doing our best through God's grace to, to not go down that path. Um, the one I talked about, the postmodernism, again, this is a hard one and it's not one that everybody's going to be able to do. But uh, if we're in a position of leadership, or a position of teaching, or even you know working with our kids at home and things like that, um, we need to make sure that people understand there's a truth. That quote um, I'm trying to remember. If I think that might have been out of um, uh, Phillips uh, uh article. Was that over half of the Covenant kids uh, don't when they really get nailed down they don't really believe there's a universal truth. They can quote, you know, and they, and they come for church membership and things like that. They can tell you all the right answers and, you know, what we expect them to know and stuff like that. But then when they go out and somebody else tells them something else, they're like, okay, well, you can have your stuff and, and I can have my stuff and, you know, we can live all happily together, okay? And, I mean, that's, that's probably like a parody of what happens in our world today. And whenever we try to stand up for truth, you know, we're given a label. You know we're you know we're we're hard you know we're right wing we're you know whatever I mean all kinds of bad words right I'm not going to repeat in here but but when we stand up for the truth you know we become a, a hitching post where everybody throws the stuff right their axes at us and but that's what we've got to do and again that's going to look different for different people but I would just really encourage you to really fight that again I don't we call it post you know, modernism or whatever, but uh, post-millennialism or whatever, post-modernism, that's it. Um, but uh, I would just ask you that I don't, again, I don't think it's anything new. You know, I think people have had this problem since the beginning of time, and we saw it in the Garden of Eden. So we got a new label on it, uh, which we're really good at putting labels in our society. But uh, but the the concept there, which is standing up for what's true, is really good. Now, the question that I would ask anybody like that, and it's a sincere question, not a not a mean question, but... How do you live without truth? And that's something for you to ponder this afternoon. You know, how do you live without truth? Um, and when truth changes, how do you live? And, th- and that's a tough one, right? When you go back to, what was that? So just, again, I'll leave that laying there. Um, so let me close out with a couple of scriptures here, uh, hopefully to encourage us. So first one, uh, the John uh, 14, 6. Um, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to me except comes to the father except through me so again that's kind of the you know the, the old picture that i used to see when i was a kid was you know you'd you'd had sunday school you'd have a mountain and one mountain would have a whole bunch of different roads going up the mountain and you know you could take all these different roads and you get to the mountain top and then there was the christian view that you know there's just one road to the top of the mountain and there is just one road to the top of the mountain if you want to use that visual um, and, uh, and we need to stand up for that. So that's, that's what that one is. Um, tell the truth, just an encouragement here in Matthew. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. And we read that, we read that a little bit earlier, right? And I just thought it was worth repeating. And then uh, the last two scriptures here. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, Heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him and in him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And then in Acts, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that's why I wanted to leave you with that Acts passage because um, we are image bearers of God. God is a God of truth. And like I said uh, at the very beginning, I'm going to repeat it for the third time now, uh, for emphasis, if everybody remembers the <laughs> three times the charm, um, is I want you to go out of here and, you know, everybody says do not lie and do not bear fault witness. this? but I, what I want you to do is I want you to go out there and be a beacon of truth in our society so that people will know we are Christians by the truth that we bring, okay? And obviously through our love and things like that as well, but, uh, but we're talking about truth today. So with that, uh, let me close in prayer and we're on time. So, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come uh, to your word this morning and we thank you for the, the great authors that you've given us to uh, help us to consider uh, the ninth word, the ninth commandment. Lord, we pray that you would help these uh, these words and this scripture to change our lives, that each of us, that there would be a part this morning that uh, would have convicted our heart that we'll live differently uh, this afternoon and this coming week than we have this past week. And Again, uh, all of us have fallen short, but through your grace, uh, we have the ability to make progress. And we pray for that grace and your wisdom today. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you.